Are you excited? 
PMI, are you excited? PMI, are you excited for the word? I can't hear you. BMI, are you excited? With much excitement, please help me welcome to the platform as you stand. My father, your pastor, Pastor Chris. Hallelujah. 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 Let us pray. Father, we are thankful that we can gather again to sit to hear your word so that our lives can be transformed, our minds can be changed, and we can grow from glory to glory. In Jesus' name, come Holy Spirit, speak to us. Amen. You may all be seated in the house of God. I want to welcome you all back after a while. I thought of asking my wife to welcome you, but if I tell her I'm going to ask her, then she tells me not to do it. But wouldn't it be nice if she just say hello and just welcome you? Too? So come and say hello to the people. Because we haven't seen you since Christmas. And it's a new year. It's a new year, 2021. So I just wanted to also greet you. Ah, it's a new year, but some of the old problems still persist with us. Say glory to God. Is he an elder? Calvin? So we didn't hear the clip. Can you send him the clip? Yeah. You can go ahead, sister. I'll be Lucille. Five, six. Good morning, everyone. Are you all glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? What a great privilege it is for us to be here. And it's only God's grace that has kept us so far. Because I'm sure you, many of you experience loss of family members, friends, loved ones who departed. But it's the grace of God that has kept us. The pandemic is still here and it is still plaguing many of us. But by the grace of God, we are here and we can still fellowship. You know, um, was it last night or the night before I was listening, Pastor put one of um, Bishop Dagg's um, DVDs that we were listening to. And Bishop was saying, there are many things in life that people find that is important. But one thing that is important to us as Christians is you know some people when they pass when family members pass away they would think of the tombstone and how great that must be and the coffin that the person must go into you know that is something that they see as important to them but what is important to us as Christians is that we must know our Savior Jesus Christ because if we depart here, where are we going to spend eternity? That's an important thing to us. There's only two ways, you know. You either go to hell or you go to heaven. And it's for us to decide where do we want to spend eternity. And in, during this time, I think many of us think of death. Because we see so many people departing and it's, some of it is just so sudden. You're shocked when you get the news. But what is important for us is to look into our own lives and think of, you know, where do I want to spend eternity? And today I want to encourage you that the Word of God has everything set out for us. If we're not, sometimes we question a lot of things in life. 
But just open the Word of God because God has everything in there for us. He can encourage you. He's there. His Word is there for every need that we have. Even if you need health for your body, it's all in the Word of God. So I want to encourage you, take heed. Make sure that the most important thing for you is to serve God faithfully. And He will pull us all through. God bless you all. Thank you, LP Lucille. Uh, I think it's appropriate that we share our condolences with all of you if you lost a family member during this pandemic. It's unfortunately a very sad uh, occasion. Throughout history, many people had to battle different difficulties. Some went through wars. Some had pandemics like we have. And um, But God is good that you are still here and you, are, you get another chance to do something for the Lord. Amen. But if you did lose a loved one, we, we send you our sympathy and condolences. Only God knows the end from the beginning. Amen. It is appointed unto man once to die. Thereafter the judgment. So as Elpi said, just make sure your heart is right with God. So if you should cross the Jordan, then you will see your Savior on the other side. Amen. Glory to God. I want to speak to you for a few minutes. We greet our Facebook listeners. If we have any Facebook listeners this morning, yes, I'm sure we're on. We greet you from where you're watching all over the world, here in South Africa. Church is restarted here and we thank God for it. Hallelujah. We, as a church, we just always fall into a flow with what the president is announcing. We don't always agree with it, but we must be obedient and we must be submissive. Can I have an amen? Submission has a purpose. Authorities have purpose. The purpose of authority is threefold. Authorities are there to protect you. They are there to provide for you. And they are there to promote you. Three things that an authority does. I want you to listen carefully. This is not part of my sermon. I just feel like I can give you this wonderful wisdom. Because many in South Africa have a demon of rebellion and don't want to submit. Children don't submit to parents. Workers don't submit in the workplace and church members never submit to pastors. So, why did God institute submission? Because authority is a benefit to us. Authority provides for us. Authority protects us. And authority promotes us. Do you have the three? Three Ps. Why do I listen to the police? Because I don't want to go to jail. Why do I submit to my parents? Because I want to live long and have a good life. There's a purpose behind these things. Do you understand? So when the president asks us to stay out of, or not have church, we obey. And we thank God that now we are open. And I'm sure soon we will go back to our original level one where I think we could have 100 people in, attend, in attendance, isn't it? Yeah, we pray for that to come soon. Amen. But even so, we can meet outside and then we can uh, be 100. If it's an outside meeting, it can be 100. So if it's a good sunny day and the, 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 the structure is up with the roof, we can sit there under the structure in the roof. Would that be good? Hallelujah. Are you all happy to see that the building is going on? I'm sure you could have a chance to see that the steel is here, the trenches are made, the cages are made. The next step is now just <coughs> putting the concrete in 
for the steel to stand on. And I trust that you will all be part of this. And this morning's message is to encourage you to be part of what God is doing. Amen. If you have Bibles, I'm reading from Matthew 16 verse 18. I don't know if the announcer welcomed the married couple back, but they asked me in the previous session, should they, and we want to welcome back Bevan and Jamie, who is now married. The last time they left this church, they weren't married, but now they're married. Beautiful. BMI is a mega church. Amen. Your husband will be found in the church. Your wife will be found in the church. Glory to God. Matthew 16, 18. A very important, well-known scripture where Jesus made a statement to Peter to tell him what he was doing. He said to Peter, You are Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Thou art Peter, which name means rock, Petros, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Glory to God. Our theme for this year is the year of building. It is what? The year of building. Hallelujah. Now, when the most important person of an organization decides to do something, for example, your school principal decides they're going to build a school wall on the school field, then everything in that school has to flow with that decision that there's now a construction of a school wall. Are you listening? Which means if you used to sit there and have lunch on that spot, you can't do it anymore because there's a construction happening. So you also move to another place and you flow with what is happening in the institution. Are you still with me? Beautiful. That's very important. Everything that then happens there No cars can park there. No people can sit and have lunch there. Everything flows with that decision that the main man made of what's going to happen in the property. Say amen. So you understand. Hallelujah. Now what has God decided? What is He building? And it will be done. God has decided to build the church. Isaiah, please, chapter 14, verse 26. I think these two scriptures are the only ones I'll be sharing with you this morning. Isaiah 14, 26. This is a beautiful scripture. Put it in the NLT, please. I have a plan for the whole earth, a hand of judgment upon all the nations. Listen carefully to verse 27. The Lord of heaven's armies has spoken. Who can change his plans? When his hand is raised, who can stop him? Beautiful. Amen. This morning, I want to make it clear to you that God has decided to build his church. There's nothing else that he said he's building. The only building that is connected to Jesus and what God is speaking is the building of the church. Glory to God. And in Isaiah, we says, it says, if God has made a plan, <laughs> who can change the plan? And when His hand is raised, glory to God, who can stop it? And God has decided that the church will be built. Today, the devil has, by and large, made people not understand the importance of the church. The secular governments, they don't respect the church. I've said this many times from this pulpit. It's not something I suck out of my thumb. It's clear to see on television. Whenever pastors are interviewed, then wild and ugly accusations are made that 
You only want to start your churches because you want the tithes of the people. Stupid accusations and innuendos are passed around because the world does not respect the church. Secular governments would like to close down the church. Unfortunately, it's 2,000 years after Jesus spoke the words to Peter and still they could not close down the church because God said in Isaiah, when I've planned to do something, you cannot change my plan. And if I raise my hand, who can stop it? So despite the onslaught against the church, despite the negative publicity that these antichrist journalists is giving the church by focusing on one pastor is doing wrong. They want to blame the church for that. They don't see the church as an essential service. They don't see any need for the church. They see the need for workers in the alcohol department to get their wages. But the workers in the church are disregarded. You are a bunch of thieves. But we receive it like that because they said that of Jesus Christ also. Amen. But I'm here to tell you today, they can do what they want to. They will never finish the church. They can never close the church. Why? Because he himself is building it. If Pastor Chris was building it, maybe they could have finished it. If anybody else was busy building it, they would have stopped it. But Jesus said, I myself will build the church. And the gates of hell. The gates is where demons go in and out. Evil forces go in and out. They can come in and out. They can't stop it. They can't stop it. Glory to God. And I'm happy that I have decided to connect myself to what the Lord is doing. Now, one of the ways you can stop somebody's vision, I want you to listen to this very carefully. And the first part of the sermon will be like a sword that will cut you. But I just want to get to the cancer that's in your body. So an incision blade will now cut you. And you might feel a bit offended. But just hang on. At the end, we will sew you close again. And we'll put a plaster on you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What a good preacher. Otherwise, how can we get to the cancer in your system? Are you ready for the cutting? Receive it. How do you stop somebody's vision? You stop it by doing things that's not exactly in line with what the visionary is doing. Are you with me? Let's me let me use myself for example, then you all understand. What am I currently busy doing every day here? Come on now. Come on, wake up, wake up. What am I currently doing here every day on this church property? I'm building, isn't it? I'm building. Now, if you do other things, that's not wrong, but it's not exactly in line with what I'm doing. Then, you're actually an opposer of what I'm doing, but you don't say it outrightly. Are you with me? You don't necessarily stand on the stage and say, I don't think I must, uh, we must build this church and uh, it's a waste of money. You don't say it, but the fact that you're not helping the vision, you indirectly oppose what I'm doing. You become what I call a hidden enemy. Say, Aina. Huh? One day you'll appear in heaven by God's grace in front of Jesus when you die and he will ask you a question. He will say to you, I was busy building my church. What were you doing with your life? That's when you enter. Lucy, we're happy to have you back. Is that Lucy? Good to have you back all the way from Gauteng. Are you Gauteng? Gautengeling is here. Now you must start writing poems again for me, okay? Now you should actually help me with my books, please. See me after church. We're gonna... My books need to go out in print. I've written a few. We'll just wait for you to come back. Wow. Listen. 
When we die, not if we die, we will all die. We just don't know when. We cross the Jordan River, we'll meet Jesus. What, what will he ask you? He say, I was busy building my church. Because that's what he's busy doing, isn't it? Now he's going to ask you, but what did you spend your money on? What did you spend your energy on? What did you spend your time on? You never built a church. You built your business. You built your family. You built your soccer team. You built your what? Whatever thing you are, you are, you are spending your energy with. That is what you were doing. So, you were not opposing me directly, but it was an indirect opposition to what I'm doing. Hallelujah. Hmm. God said, I'm building my church. You come up with a different plan. Some of our people, are, especially the in Chestnut Place, they're so committed to the DA. You will see they have big DA t-shirts and big DA placards and they wear blue all the time. Allah city finalists, DA members. I don't see much ANC members amongst us. But Jesus could also ask you, is that what you were building? Were you building a political party? But you never helped to build a church? Now, I've made a cut now. I'm going to take out the cancer. Okay, are you ready? How do you become an important person in the eyes of God? Oh, let's just leave it. How do you become an important person? There might be many ways, but I give you a great way. Do you want to have a great way? This is how you become an important person. When there is an important person already, and you know in life there's people and there's people. Hello? Wake up now, don't be afraid. There are people and they are, all men are not the same. But when you see an important person doing something, join that person and you also will become important. And don't worry if you don't understand, I'll prove it to you now in a minute. Amen. I said when there is an important person doing something, all you need to do is ask can I join? And you also will become an important person. How do you think we know Peter, Paul, James and all these people in the Bible? Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. They just joined Jesus because when he came on the earth, they were ordinary fishermen. But because of joining him, hmm, you're even reading their books now. Are you listening to me? As you know well, I'm connected as a pastor with many pastoral organizations on this, in the Western Cape and internationally. But there is one pastor that I phone almost every day, three to four, even five to six times a day. And that's the pastor that came here yesterday with a big motorbike. Many of the men saw him. He comes here with a big Harley Davidson motorbike. He's a building contractor. He has his own building company. And he's helping me with the construction of the church. Are you here? I'm, I'm, I'm teaching you something. Please listen. Don't let your minds wander. I take every wandering thought captive. Why do I phone him four times a day but I don't phone you? Do you know why? He's helping me fulfill my vision. He's helping me fulfill the plan. So he is now becoming my life, on my page, an important person. I'm not saying you're unimportant, but he's become more important than you. Simply by doing what? By helping me. Fulfill the vision. He's here every day. Sometimes with his bucky, sometimes with his motorbike. But you, I hardly see you. I see you on a Sunday. You dress nice and you put your lipstick and your gloss on. Are you with me? But when you join an important person to accomplish the task that that person is doing, 
doing, not what you're doing, what that person is doing. Suddenly you become important and you find your phone ringing all the time. Some of your names I don't even know. Say forgive. But Jevon I know. Virgil I know. Because I'm always shouting, Virgil, bring the wheelbarrow. Jevon, bring the spade. Why, how do I know their name? Why do, they, why do I say their name so often? They are helping me fulfill the vision that God has given me. And look, hello, 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 hello. Don't get it wrong. I'm not doing my own thing. Did I decide to build a church? Or did you hear Jesus say before I was born 2,000 years ago that he will build a church? So what am I actually doing? I'm just joining an important person and helping him to do what he's already doing. And suddenly, I've also become important. Oh yeah. If you didn't know. I was a school teacher by profession. Sometimes I walk into my old pupils and they would say, Meneer, oh nou meneer nog vir my. Daar sê ek, jong, sy sê am nou groot en dik, ja. Because I don't always remember the children, I can't remember their faces, but when they say the name, I say, who's your name of you? Gail Peterson. Then it comes back to me, but it must be, you have to mark the work often and you have to say the name often when you read the register. So you remember names like for years. But as for the change, they changed much. Are you listening? Well, what I'm saying to you, my teaching post, my teaching job made me important in the eyes of a few people. Are you with me? But the church, the church, you can ask my wife where, I, where we walk. In the shops, down the aisles, the packers, the cashers, the car guards. Yeah. I can use my muscovies with the car guards. I say, Pastor, I can go to the car. I think I go with I've become an important person because I'm working with the most important person. Just doing what he's doing. And my importance has also shot through the roof. Yeah? And you too will improve your importance if you connect to the person doing the main thing. Are you listening to what I'm preaching? I'll bind your wounds. Don't worry about it. I'm teaching you the importance of your life. And how your life can become meaningful. Join Jesus in his main mission. That is building the church. Glory to God. Back the church. It's a great horse to back. Amen. You see, I made this example. I want to do it again. Tashley, stand. Sorry, I have to use you. Tashley, see now. She did a BCom degree at university. Tell me if I must, if I, if I have to stay up here. Is this light on me? Is it okay? Yeah. Tashley did a BCom degree at university. And it's a good thing. I am always encouraging my children to study. However, that paper can't do much for her. On its own. If she goes stand on the street corner and say, everybody passing by, look, I am BCom. BCom. It's a degree, commerce, business degree in commerce, Bachelor of Commerce. BCom. However, if she joins a firm, a company, that is already huge and important and productive. Then only what she has accomplished becomes important to her. Are you with me? On her own, it means nothing. She joined uh, some months ago Vodacom. And she wore a red jacket. How many of you saw her in the red Vodacom jacket? Didn't she look nice in that red jacket? Yeah. 
Now she has got, she's got another job. She's joined the city. But it's all because she had this little diploma. But as for getting money, the, keeping the diploma in the sky can't give you money. It is the joining of the company that gives you the money, that makes you important, that allows you to buy a car, allows you to buy dresses, allows you to go blow your hair at the shops. So you look nice and you look important. Hey! Do you understand the example I'm trying to make to you? It is by joining something that's already established and big that you become important. So many of you who is not interested in the church, who only come here on a Sunday morning, you're not really doing what the Lord wants of you to do. The Lord wants you to be fully involved in His church. Be connected to the church so that you can be called many times. You can even be missed if you're not here. Amen. You, you may be seated. When there is an important person doing something, join that person. Join yourself to something that is working. You can't just join anywhere. You look for something that's working. Amen. Yeah. You look for something that's working. Something that is successful. Now, if you join the church and you help the church, you are guaranteed that it will succeed because Jesus Christ is involved in there. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's not my education that helped me. It's by helping the Lord in His work. And we are so blessed here at BMI. We're not just building. Sometimes when you build a church, you could be building the people, which is also like the ecclesia. But then you can be building a physical building. We are both here at this symphony way. We are both building you, but we're also building a real building. So you got a double anointing here. You got a double chance to get involved. Are you with me? You got a double opportunity. To become important on God's phone number. So that you can be communicated with. And that you can be called for. Hallelujah. What a blessing. The church is working. Many thought the church would not stand after 2,000 years, but it's still standing. Actually, the church is a very successful thing. And some people are hurt when they see the church doing well. Oh yeah. That's why there's so much criticism from journalism, ENCA, SABC. They don't like the churches to do well. They don't like pastors with, that, that are successful. They always want pastors to look poor and be poor. Are you here? But they don't know that Jesus is building this thing. And it's a successful organization. It is actually the most successful. There was a man called Voltaire who wanted to destroy the church. But after he died, they used his house as the first printing press to print the Bible. You cannot destroy what God is building. You cannot. Because he said in Isaiah, if I have raised my hand, who can stop me? If I have raised my hand, who can stop me? If I've made a plan, who can stop it? Hallelujah. God is saying this morning, this is the project I'm working on and you are busy with something else. Now he said, tell and cake for me. Ons werk ons dood is so. Ons het van julle nie gesien nie nabij nie. Now the sisters say, but pastor, what, what do you expect us to do? We asked some ladies to make some sandwiches and we had two or three responses. You had an opportunity to get involved in the building of the church and you missed it. We had somebody who just came by to have a look at what we're doing. It shows interest. It also shows me as the head of uh, the vision that that person is interested in my vision. She's not working against me. She's rather working with me. We had Pastor Stan, my friend, when he heard that the steel was being delivered, 
He said, let me know when they come. And I tried to phone him in the morning and I missed him. And then I phoned his wife and said, he just wanted to know, so I want to carry the message. The steel had come. He drove through from Easter River with his bucky and a camera. He came to dance on the steel. He's not even of our church. He was so excited for what is going on here. And he said, Pastor, you won't believe how I feel inside. You have made me dance. The vision is coming to pass. Not you, not you. I'm talking about another brother from another church, Pastor Stan. Because he realized God is in this thing. And if God is in it, who can be against it? Hallelujah! Now you're all building blocks of the church. Amen? You're part of the church. Say amen. And all ministries are, are part of the building blocks. Dancing, singing, instruments, cleaning. So ask yourself the question. Yes, we've given you a seat here this morning. But what do you do for the church? If you are building block of the church, do you do something? Are you busy doing something for the Lord? Your presence is important. It also helps to make the church work. But then you can't come one day and then next, when we see you again in three weeks time, then you come one week, then that doesn't really help us build the church. Are you listening? If you think that this thing is important to God, let it be important to you and give your life to it. Give your money to it. Give your energy to it. Give your time to it. Give your intelligence to it. What are you doing? You're joining Jesus. If Jesus is great, you will also become great. If Jesus is important, your importance will also go up. Are you listening? Are you receiving me? Choose the church and you've chosen the right thing. I was in education, but I changed and I chose the church. And I chose the right thing. And I'm not saying people must leave their jobs for the church. I'm saying... Some of my people even work in secular places, but their whole mind is on the church. They are, they, are, they are earning money to bring so that we can build the work of God. Are you, are you, are you listening to me? I want you to see yourself as a very important part of the church. But you need to be committed. Amen. I said you need to be committed. Can I have an amen through the mask? Are you committed? Really? Let's look at four types of commitment then I close. Number one, there are four types of commitment you can give. Okay, all of you are committed. Let's say amen. But you are in one of those categories. Number one, you could be a fair weather committed Christian. Fair weather committed Christian. You're giving your life to the church only in the first category fair weather commitment what does that mean you only commit yourself when the sun when the weather is nice and the weather can mean many things it's not just only the real weather it can also mean when when things are okay and things are nice and look let me say to you we realize that as the building is going to be erected in the next few days a lot of people will be attracted to the building because it will be big and beautiful and it will stand up. As the department of the city said, it will be a skyline. It will be a skyline in the city. Then many people will come. I'm not easily impressed with those people coming then because they only come now because the weather is fair. Ah. But there were people that were with me when I was in a small classroom and things weren't so nice. I didn't look as handsome as I look now. When I see my pictures way back, then I always think, yo. I once saw a picture where I was visiting my wife and I sat at the piano, but I was very thin. And I still had like a slight mustache and I wondered what did she see in me. You see, and that is the people that you commit to because when you had nothing, they committed to you. They are not only when it's nice. Now we want to say, no, we know Pastor Chris, we know him long, we go to him, we believe he's a great man of God. Now he's a great man of God, but when there was nothing, you didn't believe. And I know many believers that have 
when I started out in the ministry, they never thought we would become something. Are you listening? Yeah, they, they would even say that, but he doesn't preach with spitting and rolling. And, but there's a lot of people, you see, so you don't understand why. It's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not what you think it is. Yes. No, we know him. He's a great man of God. But it's not what you said in the beginning. In the beginning, you, you were fair with the Christian. Things are now going well. Now you join. And I, we don't want you to be that type of commitment. The building will stand with steel structure. Bricks will be going up. We're going to have to work. I told these boys, this won't last forever. This building and sweat and sand. and It won't be forever. It's a short period. But it's you who stand with me in this time. You will be remembered when the glory and the gold is there. Because you're not fair weather committed people. Others will come when the porcelain tiles is nice and the wooden floors and the carpets are there. Amal zei kom staan en brek iso met jou heils op my porcelain tiles kom loop iso. Yes. Then you also get the second type. It's called situational committed Christians. They only commit as the situation allows. Ek bly na by die kerk so ek kosoom aan by die kerk. Maar hy sê ek nou jy is to trek. If I move from the church to another place then I stop coming. You are, you are committed. You are situational friendship commitment. It's, a, it's not a good one. No, I used to come, but we found a sister yesterday and we said, where are you? Why are you not coming to church? She said, no, I moved to Cryfontein. <laughs> but you still work here in Peru, so you can't come to church. The commitment you need has to be of a higher level if you want to please God. Are you listening to Pastor Chris? Not please me, please God. Because he said, I will build my church and you are busy helping him to build it. Situational commitment is like this. When you were at school, you had many friends. But those friends were only your friends because they sat in the same class with you. It, they were friends because the situation allowed. After school, when you left school, they, you, they no longer start contacting you. You're no longer chummies. You're no longer friends because the situation has changed. That's not the type of commitment God is requiring of you at the church like BMI. You should not have a situational friendship commitment. It must not be because of the situation. Are you with me? Some people were poor and they used to come. And as soon as they started working and got money, they don't come anymore. They don't give anymore. Say amen. It's a situational friendship relationship. I'm only here because of the situation. But when the situation changes, I also change. Forgive. I'm here because I'm a student of UWC close to the church. But once I've got my degree and I move, I'm no longer here. Then I go to a nicer church where there's carpets. Hey! Is that the commitment God wants? Is that the commitment God is looking? No. The commitment that we want to bring you to is the third level. It's called non-situational. You don't care what the situation brings. You will still be committed. Hallelujah. I said to a family in this church, you are only here because your father is here. The day your father leaves, you will all leave. They said, no, pastor, we are members, we are faithful. Just like I said, when the father left, they all left. It happened like that. Those are situational, committed believers. They're only committed because the situation allows them. Are you all following me? You are going to move by God's grace to a non-situational commitment. My chommie het gegaan nog en ek ook maar weg, pastor. Can't build with you, brother. We can't build with you, sister. Imagine you build a, 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 your house and you get excited because the walls are getting higher. And tomorrow you wake up, then 70 bricks is gone. It's disappointing. 
So it is when a pastor is busy with the church, he's building blocks. The building blocks are the people. And if people come and go, come and go, that's why this church preaches a lot on commitment and loyalty to prevent this thing that the devil does to the work of God. Breaks down, breaks down, breaks down. But they won't win because Jesus is busy building the church. Amen. What must you look for as a man of God, as a pastor? Look for permanent members. Look for members who are permanent. That's willing to stay for the long run. Hallelujah. Yes. Bishop Dag told the story in, in one of his uh, preachings. He said, he used to get Nice peanuts after he preaches. Like me, I preach with many services. So in between the services, they take a bit of a break in the washroom and then have a summer juice. And then there was peanuts and plantain chips, nice chips. And he was enjoying it. But one Sunday when he, he was looking forward to it, there was no more plantain chips. There was no more ground nuts, it was peanuts. And then he asked his wife, but where's the peanuts and the... And the wife said, no. The sister who used to make it, she has left the church. And he said, why? And she said, the sister said, I don't find my type here. I don't find the person I'm looking for. The husband I desire. Ay! So she went to another church. But what she, the pastor doesn't know of that new church, he might be, get excited because of the sister coming there. But the sister's not really coming to the church for the sake of the church. The sister's coming to look for a husband there. And yalla can su mercy and angaan ma yalla ama, luister. Nee, yalla luister ama. Baie van yalla. Many of you are in that same situation. You connect to somebody, you're looking for somebody, especially the young men. And some of you young girls, you are also looking for friends. And when that friend is not here, you are like the lady with the groundnut. Then you move to another place where you can find someone. So your commitment was never really to the church. It was to that person that you eyed in the church. Say Amen. So if that person is not there, you say, I don't find my type here. Let me find another place. But don't worry, we'll be a mega church. Your type will be there. We'll have pensioners you can marry. Fifty-year-olds, forty-year-olds, thirty-year-olds, and twenty-year-olds. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You see, if you're not a committed believer. You can't give your life to the church. You can never come when we are working. You're always busy. You think that we who are here all the time, we don't have a life. You don't think, you think we don't have a wife. You think we don't have children. That's what you think. So you're always, what, what somebody said, you're always graduating yourself out of things. I used to help in the church, but now that I've got a job, now that I've got education, now that I've got a wife, I can't help it. The Apostle Paul said, you must be like someone that has, is not married. When you are growing in Christ, you become like someone that's not married. You see the, some of the brothers here, every day you almost wonder, don't they have a job? Don't they have a wife? Don't they have children? We also have wives and children. And in retrospect, if you bring your marriage and you compare it to with ours that work so much for the Lord, we have better marriages than you. Well, a capella. Because you thought if we care for the wife, things will get better. It won't get better. The Bible says if you care for the wife, you actually care for the things of this world. Care for God's things, man. Care for God's things. And God will see to your marriage and He will see to your children. Hallelujah. This is the truth. My fellow, my goodness, many people have lost their way from God because of that thing, the cares of this world. Yeah. You think that we who give our lives to the church, we are fanatics or such No, it's not so. 
It's not so. We are only doing what the master requires of us to do. My money belongs to the church. My offerings, my building fund. Why am I doing it? Because Jesus is busy. And I've joined myself to what he's doing. Hallelujah. We planted the church in Uppington, in other places. And the enemy keeps saying, don't waste your energy. There are already churches there. Why build a church? Because Jesus is building his church. And when we build it, you will be surprised. The church is still standing today. Now Pastor Sergio and Pastor Charlene, they've got people there that they didn't know before. That's almost like family to them now. Yeah. The church is a great organization. It makes people come up. It makes people connect. It's a beautiful work of God. Hallelujah. Look at you and look at me. I didn't know you. You didn't know me. It's through the church that we know one another. Many people that found husbands and wives, it's through the? Yeah. The church. And they forget. They easily forget. But you move to that level as I close. Where you will be committed to the end. But there's even one greater level of commitment. Yes. It's called marital commitment. Romans 7 verse 4. I close. Romans 7 verse 4. NLT. Now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead. Put it in the King James. It says married. Yes. You should be married to another. Even to him. Who is raised from the dead. When you have this level of commitment, you are married to Christ. Christ has two parts. Come on. The head and the body. The body is the church. Are you listening? When we talk about the body of Christ, we refer to the church. What am I saying to you this morning? You must be married to the church. That's the type of commitment you should give. What is that? That's the commitment when you stand and say, Till death us to part. In sickness and in health. Hey! For better or for worse. Yeah. Not when everything is going nice. Pastor is rebuking us. Pastor rebuke my husband. Pastor rebuke my wife. For better or for worse, I'll stay committed to the end. I'll stand by your grave or you stand by mine. That's a marital commitment you must make if you want to Go far in Christ. Every time I bury someone that belongs to BMI, as much as there's a lot of hurt, pain and negativity in the death, the one positive thing I get from it, that person stayed till the very end. Till his very end or her very end. Because when we, when we committed to one another, we said, till death us to part. You might not understand it, friends, as you listen to me this morning. You might think, your pastor, my dice, I'm deep, I'm just deep. You see, because, listen, only when you have a marital commitment can you bear fruit. Yeah. If I only took my wife's hand, we would not have had children. Can you make children by keeping a girl's hand? No. It must go beyond that. It must go to intimacy where you marry the person, the person marries you. Then you no longer, the Bible says they were not ashamed. They were together, they were not ashamed. If you're a decent girl, you won't undress in front of a boy that's only your boyfriend. The only time you undress and make babies is when you are married. Say amen. Then you have what you call fruit. If a child is born, that's the fruit of your womb. Hallelujah. The reason why Christians can't bear fruit, they are not committed maritally. That's why there's no children, spiritual children coming from their wombs. The commitment is to flock. Yo, 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 what is commitment? In Afrikaans, what is commitment? Yo, 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 dingasa. Your commitment is too weak. That's why you can't bear fruit. Are you listening? You're too gewaited, yeah. But once, once we have, where well, you are close, maritally committed, there's the fruit, 
and the other fruit is playing in the snow in America. My boy sent me pictures of him playing in the snow. You must go to my Facebook page, you'll see it. But that's the fruit of us being maritally committed to one another. We could make babies. Hey! Hallelujah. Commitment. The church is 18 years old this year. 18 years old. Yes, it didn't start yesterday. We started when there was nothing. We are on the verge of entering the vision. The mega church. Glory to God. It's not too late for you to start getting involved. You. But don't be half-hearted, man. Don't be one foot in. We don't even have your number because you are not helping with the vision. But whoever helps with the vision, you become important to me. So because I'm helping Jesus build His church, I now become important to Him. And He has my number. Wouldn't you like God to have your number? Give all that you have. You see, you can give your life to your, your own future. You won't go far. But if you give your life to what God is doing, join an important person in what that person is doing and you will also become important. All these young boys who's giving their energy here every day, their future is bright. All the men who comes here on a Saturday, all the ladies. And then I appeal to you, we don't have overseas people sending us money. We don't even have our white friends in South Africa giving us money because we always think the white people have money. It's going to be us as a team and a committed group of people that will give their little, their little bits that will make this church stand up straight here. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? And I want you, even if you say, I can't be there, pastor, because I have to be at work, then send the donation so that we can get more help and buy more material. But when the building is standing, you will be in G and you, you appear in front of Jesus one day. He can ask you, what were you building? You said, Lord, I have to build the church. I have to build the church at BMI. I was doing what you are doing. Peter, I will build my church upon this rock. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Are you fair with the commitment? Or are you just when the situation allows? Are you non-situational? That's what we want. But we want even the last and highest level of commitment. Marital commitment. When you are married, then the fruit will come to show. The fruit will come to show. Glory to God. My wife didn't take me because of the money I had. Or that I'm the pastor of a big church. When I met her, I was a pastor of nothing. I wasn't the pastor. I was a young student. I can't remember once buying her anything like a dress or anything. Because I never had money as a student. So she never took me because of what I had. Are you with me? Yeah. It was a fair weather relationship. It was a committed relationship. Glory to God. And that is what God requires of you. Give your all to His work. The building of the church. Whether we're building planting churches in different places we send you to do it give your life or if we're building real buildings with brick and mortar give your life give your money give your energy we build the work of God your life will have meaning your life will be something instead of becoming nothing you will become something in Jesus name stand to your feet stand to your feet Hallelujah. Let's make a commitment. Lift your hands. We all make a new commitment. Father, for the building of this church, we make a commitment. We will give our energy. We will give our money. We will give our time. We will give our intelligence. We will give all 
because we are joining the Lord who said to Peter, I will build my church. We are going to take our energy away from the non-important things and start to put it where things are important. And it is what God is doing that is most important. Receive, Lord, our commitment today. Non-situational, marital committed, till death us do part, till we see the megachurch stand and all that you will still do after that. This is our commitment to you. Seal this commitment in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.